Hello and welcome to the Sensory Matters podcast. This week on Sensory Matters, Jenny is chatting to Jocelyn, the autistic bodybuilder. You can follow her on Instagram. Now, Jamie's not with us this week because she's been sick, so she should be back with us next week. So I'm going to be listening to this podcast. I've been looking into the autistic bodybuilder and as most of our guests, she was diagnosed later in life. She's going to tell us about some of the tools that she uses to get through life and some tips because she works with special needs kids and she's got some great tips from that too. She's very inspiring. I think for January especially, it's quite inspiring to have a bodybuilder on the podcast. So let's have a listen to that. I just want to remind you that we've got our Try A New Chew this month. If you try a new chew, if you buy one that's new, put in the, the notes, comments of your order, uh, New Year, New Chew, and you'll get a sticker for trying a new chew. And also we're doing three for two on subscription, so you can get three months for the price of two all of this month. We love a net, we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hi everyone, it's Jenny here, back with another Sensory Matters show, the 1st of 2019, January, so Happy New Year to you all. And today I'm joined by the lovely Joss Mayer. Hi Joss, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Yeah, really good. Um, so, dead excited to chat to Joss because she is, you can find her on Instagram at the Autistic Bodybuilder. So she is a bodybuilder and we'll find out much more about that later because that's fascinating and I want lots of tips on how to how to get muscle and look good and stuff like that. So you can help me with that. Um, but first of all, let's just hear your story from the autism side. So Yeah, of course. You're autistic and you were diagnosed quite late, about age 23? Yeah, very late, actually. Um, almost uh, three years to the day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and what, what was going on that made you pursue a diagnosis? I always thought that there was something that didn't make sense about what I was going through, what I was feeling, what I struggled with. And the older I got, the more, the bigger those problems felt. And it wasn't, it was only when I started working with special needs children, I think about when I was 20, 22, 21. And it just, speaking to these children and kind of, learning with them and teaching them and helping them a little light bulb just clicked and I kind of thought you know what maybe maybe I am autistic so um I I fought my family a little and my partner um but I eventually got the statement and yeah got my autistic statement when I was 23. So prior to working with um children with special needs it hadn't ever crossed your mind? No, we we knew I was dyslexic and we thought my quirks were down to dyspraxia. Okay. So we just sort of put it into the back of our minds and kind of just accepted it. Right. And so what do you remember about being at school and, and feeling difficult or how did you find all of that? Gosh, it was, it's, it's so overwhelming. Struggled with friendships, um, the academic side of things. It was it was 
just awkward yeah. growing up in secondary school. That's the best word I could use to describe it, just painful and awkward. And it, it didn't get any better as you kind of matured and kind of um, figured people out, but of course you probably didn't quite figure people out. No, exactly. <laughs> um, I've I've found coping strategies to kind of deal with friendships as um, you know, at the age of 26. But I still am really struggling to deal with my oversensitive kind of aspect. And I still really struggle with friendships. I still I still find it very difficult to maintain more than one at a time. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, and just taking, taking the wrong end of the stick, I guess, and being really oversensitive when there's no real reason to. Okay, can you give me an example of where you've done that recently? Oh gosh, yeah. Um, Round about the time where I was getting ready for my first competition this year, mm-hmm. um, I, this it's, I was in a really bad place. My granddad recently passed away. Um, a lot of family issues were going on. And I just shut off from all my friends. And every time they'd kind of try and get in contact with me or try and meet up and be social I couldn't understand why to me it felt like they were trying to bug me they knew I was in a dark place they knew I wanted to be left alone and I couldn't understand why they were kind of poking and jabbing at me to kind of get out of bed and be social but obviously now I realized that it was it was more caring they were trying to probably lighten up my day a little okay yeah, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense, that does make sense. Okay, um, and that's something that you you experienced when you were at school as well. This maintaining one friendship. God, thing. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you you mentioned academics as well. So did you just find the work hard? Yeah, I think the combination of autistic and dyslexic is quite a mm. quite a tricky one because the teacher would see me and it always appeared to be relatively intelligent I never seemed to overly struggle in class mm-hmm. um but it w- it would take me two hours to complete um a 30 minute piece of homework yeah. yeah yeah okay and did you have any subjects or anything that you liked or you shone at or you just really didn't enjoy school at all I loved art oh okay yeah art photography graphics yeah anything where you could do do something apart from write was fantastic. Yeah, I guess with dyslexia as well. Um, yeah. So as as an adult now, you said you've kind of um, got some tools for coping with those friendships and trying to manage your sensitivities. Mm. So what kind of tools have you got that you could share with us that other people could maybe use? Um, my main tool is actually, as silly as it sounds, it, whenever I have a problem or something that has made me irritated or cross or I don't understand I talk to my mum okay yeah I give her a call and kind of she talks me through the problem and she kind of makes me understand the other person's point of view or what's really going on yeah and I find even just talking to someone and kind of going through it really helps brilliant and and yeah I guess that's the seeing the other side of the story is probably helps so that you realize they're maybe not coming from a bad place they're just yeah exactly yeah that makes a lot of sense so you grew up in south africa yeah i did and where do you live now are you in 
No, in Surrey. In Surrey, wow. Okay, yeah. but your family's not here. Um, I moved over with my mum, my dad and my brother, okay. but everyone else is back home in South Africa. Okay, and do you ever go back? I haven't been back for 12 years. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. not ideal, but it's, I don't know if it's because I hate breaking routine or if it is just because I'm autistic. I am terrified of going back home. Okay. And yeah. do you have memories of growing up in South Africa? Mm, I was there until I was nine. So I have a few really good positive memories there. Great. Okay. So what, what else in terms of your autism? We already know that your autism means you're hypersensitive to people and maybe sometimes <laughs> figuring out where they're coming from is a challenge. What else is in your kind of autism package? trying to think back I'm very obsessive and structures mm -hmm. which is a bit of a blessing considering you know my bodybuilding hobby which is great yeah um I love routine I hate I really don't like change mm -hmm. which I'm starting to get better at my my fiance is amazing he will he will try and bring change in, but really subtly. Okay. So instead of just going to Nando's, which is the only place I ever used to eat, we go to Nando's and then maybe try a burger place or go to Nando's and maybe try an ice cream place. Okay. So slowly encouraging me that there's more to eat than just Nando's. Brilliant. That's really good. It must be great having a partner that's so supportive of, of you and encouraging and accepting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and God, definitely. And obviously you met him before your diagnosis. Mm. So he's kind of been through that journey with you. How, how did he respond to the diagnosis? He, he's, I'm not going to lie, he really, really struggled at first. Okay. It was a lot of, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. You've got this statement, but you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. I think he was just very concerned that I'd get this statement and I'd think, okay, I can't do anything now or feel limited by it, if that makes sense. That does make sense, yeah. Mm. But I think he's seen that I've taken it and kind of gone, okay, this is this is what I've got, this is a hand I've been dealt, but there are things I can do to help my life, make my life easier. Yes. So I think he's seen me take it on the chin and be a lot more excited about finding out more about myself than using it as... Something to hide behind, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so do you find having a diagnosis has been a positive experience for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I struggled at the beginning when I was first diagnosed because mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I was given this big, big statement and then gone, okay, here you go, now deal with this, mm -hmm. which was really overwhelming. But luckily, because I work at a school, there were lots of adults that worked with autistic children and grown-ups and I kind of did a lot of talking and kind of used the children that I was working with to help me yeah. as well as me helping them, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Okay. And do you have any other like um, classic sensitivities that often come with autism, such as sound and light and taste? And So tell me about some of those. Um, there's 
it's quite it was quite restricting on my diet um there were certain textures and tastes i couldn't stand i can't stand the idea of anything mushy okay that feels almost vomit like yeah to be to be crude it even now i will steve calls it baby birding it if i get something in my mouth i can't like it has to come out i mm-hmm. can't swallow they just and you end up just spitting it out like a five-year-old would <laughs> which isn't the best behavior in the world. Um, Lights, I hate bright lights, that really artificial clinical lights. Yeah. That that tends to cause a lot of migraines. And loud noises, even now, I can't go to the gym when there's a DJ. Okay. And blaring loud music. So we we kind of make sure we go to a gym that I can, that the volume is acceptable or that I've got my really decent noise cancelling headphones or just avoid the times where it is just too loud and too noisy. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and in terms of you work in a school at the moment, um, helping children with special needs, how on earth did you get attracted to that? I mean, because this is pre-diagnosis that you got this yeah. job. Yeah. Exactly. It was almost like it was just written in the stars, as sad as that sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, My mum's a teacher. She teaches music and she's also a TA. And um, I've been through through my teenage years. I just bounced from one job to another because I couldn't I couldn't handle the job or I hated the people I worked with or I just was so bored. I couldn't take it anymore working in retail killed me Mm -hmm. the social aspect of it all telling someone they looked really pretty in a dress when they didn't Uh and you I couldn't understand why I had to lie Mm -hmm. um but then you know my mum just turned around and said why don't you why don't you come in to work Mm -hmm. there's a position going yeah so I went in did my interview and although I didn't get the job for that position the head teacher loved me because I had all these difficulties mm-hmm. and she kind of said the children need to know that one, not everyone is like them. And two, just because you're given a statement or you have a difficulty does not mean that you're limited. Mm. So a couple of months later, a position opened up in a year five class and yeah, and I got it, which was amazing. Brilliant. And I've been there ever since. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in terms of you've obviously then helped people that have autism who are children. And mm. um, what, what are the things that you could pass on to people that you think are just useful things to consider when you're looking after someone with autism? For me, the biggest thing is touch. Touch and eye contact. I, I personally hate being touched unless... I feel comfortable enough to allow you into my space. Yeah. And I've learned that a lot of children that I work with are the same. Okay. So just just because a child doesn't want to hug you or yeah. doesn't want to, you know, give you some sort of physical contact does not mean they're rude or badly brought up. They just need a bit of time to kind of feel comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's a real big one. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and so anything else from your experience of working with children? 
just that they're lovely. <laughs> yeah, just across the board. I've worked with um, I've worked with autism and dyslexia, even some anger problems, and just there is a way to connect to these children. You just need to be patient. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And they're so lovely. Yeah, good. Yeah. So you enjoy your job. <laughs> Love my job. Yeah, Excellent. definitely. So here's the thing. If you've got the chance to go pro full-time bodybuilding or in your current job, what would you prefer? Or would you be totally torn? Totally torn. Really? 100%. I think if I was able to go pro, which, fingers crossed, I definitely still find a way of doing what I do now at work. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. it sounds like it helps you as well from what you're saying. Oh, good, 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd be as high... I think high-functioning is the wrong word, but as... I wouldn't be able to be the person I am without my job, Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay, so let's chat bodybuilding then. So where on earth did that come from and how did that start? Oh, gosh. It, it it was a ray of things. I always loved doing some sort of activity. I used to be a ballerina when I was a young teenager. Mm-hmm. But again, I got bored. Okay. I just fell out of love with it. I started rowing. I wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the rhythm or the balance. So they popped me in the Cox's box, which again, I got very bored at. But the one thing they did have was a weights room. Right. And I was I went turned sixteen years old and they finally let us in that weights room. And I just kind of fell in love with it. These big heavy weights that you got to pick up and and every week you'd be a little bit stronger or you could do a little bit more. And yeah, it just kind of went from there. I got with my fiance when I was nineteen, he was really into the gym. Mm-hmm. He got me into his gym and we started working out together and the love for it just snowballs. Okay. Yeah. So is it is it the going does it link nicely with autism in that it is routine and it is you know what I mean? Because you probably yeah. go and you have your set routines that you'll do, but you'll maybe push yourself a bit on the weights or so it kind of fits well. Yeah, definitely. I am obsessed and restricted with you know, my diet, I've told what to eat and that's what I eat and I eat every day and I love it. If you turned around and told me tomorrow I could eat whatever I want, I'd probably have a little heart attack because (laughs) it's like, I don't know, I have to eat chicken at 12. What do you mean I could eat whatever I want? Um, I love the routine of going to the gym every day is a certain day. Mm -hmm. I love, I love feeling strong, as silly as that sounds, because Growing up, I never felt strong or empowered and going to the gym and picking up these heavy weights that some men can't even pick up. It's yeah. empowering and you just it makes you feel really strong, which is amazing. Yeah. And, and yeah. it's the, I mean, you don't look, you look, you look beautiful, you know. You Thank don't you. Look, <laughs> you know, you're not like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you're still obviously very fit and strong. And the pictures on Instagram are just incredible. So what's been you. your biggest achievement in bodybuilding? Um, this year, I think, has definitely been incredible because it's shown me that I am 
you know, I have got what it takes. I am, I am strong enough to get through a really horrible year and still come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, my show in, oh gosh, was it August? Um, it was my second show and we were, I felt really heartbroken. I didn't get the placing I thought I did. I would have gotten in my first show and we we were given the opportunity to change categories and go in for a new show in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know what, if I'm going to give it 100%, I'm going to give it 100%. So I learned, learned a new routine, learned new posing, learned how to walk in those five-inch hooker heels yeah. and strut around in them. And I was over the moon because out of 12 girls, I came fourth, which is amazing. Wow. So the the goal next year is to make it to finals, not get sick, yeah, and push through. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, what 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 can you bench press? Gosh, before I got sick, uh-huh. I could do about fifty five, sixty for reps. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's that's impressive. Um, Thank you. Very impressive. And when you go into these competitions, it's all about the angles, isn't it? Like twisting a certain way so that your waist looks tiny. And yeah, um, do you have to cover yourself in the bronzing stuff and all of that? Yeah, um, you get this really, 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 really dark tan. Right. That's the color of mahogany. Okay. And you just layer up. Right. And that's yeah. to show the definition, isn't it? Because mm, the stage lights are so bright. The darker you are, the better the definition shows up, especially okay. in photographs. And how do you cope with that when it's it's so bright and, you know, the pressure's on and all the rest of it? I think, as crazy as it sounds, my love for bodybuilding and getting on stage is greater than any fear or any uncomfort or any quirk that my autism gives me. Okay, yeah. So it's... The, the idea that you're prancing around half naked with bright lights on you and there are people, you know, a foot away judging everything you do is terrifying. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable and it's awful. But, you know, on the other hand, I love it. Yeah. I love being able to go, this is what I've built. Yeah. This is what I've been able to achieve and kind of be able to prance around. It's just incredible, it really is. Um, so does everybody, this is going to be a really stupid question, but does everybody have a six-pack, but we just can't no. see it? Oh, really? I See, I'm always saying to, when I go to my, I do like MetaPower and MetaFit and all those sorts of things, and I always say, I've, I've got a six-pack, you just can't see it because of the, the layer of flab. Um, so no, nobody, not everybody's got a six-pack. I'm not 100% sure, but I have, but I have heard recently that six packs then and not everyone has them Ooh. like everyone has abs yeah, yeah but not everyone has the perfectly formed oh. six pack going on um apparently it's got a lot to do i could be wrong put my hands up okay it's got a lot to do with genetics and right. how your body what kind of body shape and how your body is formed okay but i could be wrong okay so um when you when you train, do you focus on a specific area? Um, mm. So do you do one day of like upper body and arms or something, and then 
shift to legs the next day or yeah I train legs three times a week and I train back and chest once a week okay and so do you what I mean what are you aiming for is it the pure definition or do you measure it and you know what how, how do you know your success because when you're posing on the stage it's not about how much you're lifting it's mm. you know it's about the definition isn't it yeah definitely I think for me the goal is um to put on I've got a very short off season coming up so to put on as much quality lean muscle as possible but also lean get leaner so get tighter, get more of the definition going on. Yeah. Um, I was really happy with my legs, but my back needs a lot of work. Yeah. So I think that's the main target for this this off season. Right. Okay. And how how do you measure that? Oh, um, we which is perfect for me. We work visually. Right. So it's constant. I do a check in every week with my coach, and all I do is send a video of me posing. Okay. So every week we get to see visually what's going on. And I also weigh myself just so we we don't go too crazy in off season. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so it's not about the, 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 the number on the scale for you at all? Oh, good. No, I think if I obsessed with the number on this scale, it would turn into a problem. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of like, how, how do we how do we get the the look and stuff how do you how do you strip fat and get muscle like that and um, what what works for everyone is different but what works for me is um morning cardio in the morning I love the stepmaster or the cross trainer mm-hmm. um if you're wanting to get leaner slowly start doing that in the mornings um for me I find having a carb-free breakfast really helpful mm-hmm. And it's also, I think, just everything in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. So is the theory that by doing carbs in the morning, you've been fasting and you sort of burn quicker? I've always found it that if I don't have carbs in the morning, I'm just more comfortable. I don't get that morning bloat. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. My other half has carbs in the morning and he's fine but I think it's again it's different for men and females males and females yeah but um some people need that carpet in the morning I've always found that it works better because you you you've been fasting in the evening Mm -hmm. so it's better for me it's better to have my carbs around my breakfast Um, not my breakfast my training sorry yeah yeah that makes sense Mm. so do you have a point at night where you just don't eat after that time Oh, God, no, 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 I love eating. I eat. Um, the latest I eat is 11 o'clock at night. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so do you eat lots of, lots of things throughout the day? Do you do that kind of like smaller? Yeah, lots of small meals. Yeah, definitely. And tends to be high protein if you can? Not overly high protein. Um, I have a hundred grams of protein, all of my meals. Okay. And then... I have carbs in three of those meals around my training. Right, okay. And how do you fit all this in with the day job? Because do, do you go and do the cross trainer every morning? or? No, that's only in comp prep. Okay. In off-season, luckily, I, I go for walks in the morning mm-hmm. and then just do 10, 15, 20 minutes after training. 
Okay, so then when you're in the kind of competition preparation phase, how far in advance before a competition do you need to get into that zone? Gosh, it, I think it all depends on the state you're in when you start competition prep. But my last last year, I started 26 weeks out. Wow. For my competition, yeah. Wow, so that's like half a year. And mm. so for that half of ye- half a year, have you got to be so, so good? Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you, would you ever fall off that and have a moment? Um, I'm not going to lie. When I found out my granddad had passed away, yeah. I went straight to Five Guys. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, yeah. I had a little bit of a mental breakdown. Not going to lie. Yeah. But um, apart from that, I was li- really lucky. I got um, a cheat meal a week until about the 11 week mark. Okay. So at least for half of the time I was prepping, I was allowed a cheat meal. And then once it's done and you walk out of that competition, do you just then go straight for five guys and sit and ha? I learned the hard way that that's not a good idea to do. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. In my first show last year, um, the minute I stepped on stage, I was shoving donuts (laughs) and crisps and chocolate. And then we went out for burgers. And then the next morning I had waffles and chicken and all this. And I felt so sick afterwards. I bet. I yeah. felt awful. And I'm, I I think I put on about five kilos wow. in a day. So, wow. Yeah. So it's just not not worth doing. So the, the show after that, I had a potato and chicken meal after I stepped on stage with some veg. Yeah. Um, went out for a meal because I thought I've been really good you know I haven't had any sugar or go out to meal and I managed three bites yeah gutted but yeah so I think you've just the only advice I can give is just be sensible yeah I know yeah it's not it's not common it's not you know it's not it's common sense isn't it yeah exactly don't don't do what I did and put on five kilos it was awful Um, so do you, um, oh man, what was I going to say? I had a really good question. Yeah. Do you, do you feel the difference? So when you, you obviously go through six months of training hard and then you do a competition and then after that you ease off a bit, do you Mm. see your body kind of relax and get taut and relax and get taut or does it not happen like that? No, definitely. And you can slowly see your body finding a comfortable balance between being lean and, still being in shape yeah if that makes sense yeah that does make sense yeah. because otherwise I think you'd be pretty annoyed with yourself after all that work if you let it go too far wouldn't you god definitely and I'm so lucky I have I have an amazing coach who really does preach about accountability and you know looking after yourself obviously you don't want to be stage lean throughout the whole year you yeah. will cause all sorts of problems but you also need to kind of look at yourself and go, yes, yeah, one cheat meal a week is enough. You don't need to be having burgers and chips and pizza every single night because then when it comes to prep again, you'll be in a really awful position. Yeah. And what's your favourite gym thing to do? Oh, legs. Anything yeah. legs. Squats, deadlifts, mm-hmm. um, stiff leg deadlifts, leg press lunges legs is my favorite yeah brilliant 
So interesting. Really interesting. So when's the next big competition, did you say? Um, we are hoping to go for a show in August, September time next year. Right. Yeah, I've got a couple that I'd really, really like to do. Cool. And how, how does it happen then um, if you wanted to go pro? Is it like a spotting thing? Is it like someone spots you and goes, you can go pro? Not really. It's all about going to the right shows. Okay. Um, there are certain shows that you can get your pro card on that show. Okay. Um, other federations, you have to go from a qualifier to a final to a world final and then win your class and then you get your pro cards. Got yeah. 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 So I think some of it's luck, some of it's the right show and a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any vices? Do you have any bad things that you secretly do? Because you, you're obviously an incredibly healthy person, but do you have like a weakness that you just can't resist? I love burgers. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm really lucky because my other half is very, very, very tolerant. So every, for the last five, six weeks, we've only had burgers on our cheat day. Right, okay. Yeah. So that, that's been amazing. I'm not going to lie, I have started a special Christmas box okay. full of chocolate Oreos, which I'm going to eat over Christmas. Quite right. Yeah, definitely. I'm giving myself three days and I'm going to make sure I get all the food I want in. Brilliant. So interesting. Okay, <laughs> so before before we finish up then, um, any just words of wisdom for the autistic community that um, could help them? Oh, gosh. Um, I think the best advice I could give is just if you have something and a dream, a goal, anything you really want to do, just go for it. Yeah. You know, there, it, there's no limitation. It's If it's that important to you, you will find a way of coping. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, as, as you do with the bright lights, it means that much that you've obviously found a way to, to do that. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Joss. It's been really, really interesting. No, thank you. Really interesting. Thank you. Hi, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. I was really interested in that because, as some of you might know, Alice Rowe, the girl with the curly hair, is also interested in weightlifting. So I wondered if there was some sort of routine. And as Jocelyn says, the routine, going to the gym at the same time every day and eating certain foods at certain times is what she enjoys. Um, the fact that there's so much involved in bodybuilding that can cause sensory problems, but because her love for bodybuilding is greater than the sensory issues she faces, she can get on and, and deal with that. So that's fantastic and it's really inspiring for anybody in the future who's thinking about doing something that, that might have sensory problems attached to it, that it's kind of mind over matter. I really like that fact. Um, I love the fact that she says she wouldn't be the person she is today without the job that she does with uh, working with special needs children. So that is absolutely lovely. Hope you all enjoyed that. We'll be back next week for another Sensory Matters podcast and don't forget the three for two on our memberships. See you later. Bye. You know what?